So one of the priests that I've been taking care of uh, had... Is this poop priest or is this a different priest? It is the poop priest. Okay. Um, in a in a long, lucid uh, hour or so of his life, uh, he, he was talking to me and uh, he was he was saying to me, because I understood theology so well, yeah. that I should become a priest. Of course. And I told him, no, I would make a terrible priest. And he asked, why? And I said, uh, well, because I'm an atheist. And he okay. goes like this, now, Hugh, son, come over here, come over here. He held my <laughs> hand, and he goes, two billion people can't be wrong. Yes, they can't. <laughs> and I said, I, I said, you know what that's called? And he goes, what? What is that called? And I said, that's called uh -huh. an argument from popularity. I haven't had this uh -huh. argument in so long oh, that no. I, was, I was like, oh, she's tasty and yummy. Because you know what? It's a redirection. The entire thing is a redirection from him getting oh, up and walking around when he can. So Most I'm like, of the arguments oh, are, are misdirected. So, well, no, no, no. I'm not talking. No, no, no. I'm talking about a redirection for a dementia patient, and you're thinking of oh, something else. Oh, okay. I have yeah. an excuse to talk about this with someone because it's a redirection from from them walking around and doing stuff that they're not supposed to be doing. Right. So I'm like, oh, oh, look at that. It's a complication. He goes, well, well, yes, I, I guess I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I said, so let me ask you a question. Are 1.2 billion Muslims wrong? And he goes, well, they might be. And I, I mm -hmm. and you know, I get to have this long, and like, oh, yeah, maybe I could deconvert a 90-year-old a, a priest. Right before, before he dies. <laughs> That's <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no. I now I actually it eventually when I when, until I got him to you know he was on the toilet and then he, he got him changed up and I got him into the bed and and he go and I go I go well listen I, I had to actually explain the difference between a belief and knowledge because he mm -hmm. said he said that I I was saying that there is no God he's doing the general yeah. the very general blase Christian way of thinking about things and their deliberate ignorance of words and I said well you you don't believe in leprechauns do you and he goes well no and I said well yeah but you don't know that they don't exist right and he's like and, and he was indignant though he was like he was like well I mean they could exist but yes. I mean, no matter, no matter, no matter, he was indignant, essentially, because he refused to accept that he understood, I knew that he understood, even at a flash, he yeah. was like, oh, and then he went, no, 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 I can't give this to him, I've been teaching this crap for years, uh -huh. so he didn't let it go, and then he went to bed, but I was like... <laughs> Because I can't have that. Most of the coworkers that I work with are people are people who are Christians. Yeah, they they like they you know they're most happy. Most of the people you're going to meet on a regular basis are going to have some sort of religious belief of one one kind or another. I understand, but what I'm saying is, at work, you can't really have this conversation. Mm, not really. Yeah. But they oh, always right. think. But what's weird is they always think that the law is on their side, and then when they find out that it's mm -hmm. not, they're quite yeah. upset. I've actually, I have actually, I've, I've actually had to go into you know an office uh, once mm -hmm. where the boss then said, "Well, are you? I mean, what are you doing talking about you know being an atheist and stuff like that?" I'm like, "Well, to be fair, the person asked me what I believed, and I said I didn't believe there was a god." Right. And they said, "Well, you can't talk about." Then I said, "No, they can't ask me what I believe." No, no, you, you can't. No, they can. They can ask you. No, no, no they, can't. they can't. And I opened the handbook, and it said, and I pointed to right where it said, and I was like, well, I mean, how?
how is it that I've read this and you haven't? And mm-hmm. I said, it's not even in the, it's not even just in the handbook. It's in Massachusetts bylaws. It's in, it's in the government. You cannot do that. Um, and he was, I, I could see that, that he was trying to side with the Christian. Yeah, he's trying to side with the other group. And who... I was explaining, like, I, I said, look, I, I realize that this is, this is a very um, uh, kind of dangerous thing to say, but if this goes to court, I'll win. Yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll win and this will not, and I'm, because if you fire me or you reprimand me in any way, shape, or form, I will mm-hmm. have a problem. Yeah. You know, um, and they, they were like, oh, just, just stop talking about, you know, the, I said, you'd say, you tell it to them too. Yeah, they okay. have to be told that. Yeah, they're not allowed. But, you know, two weeks later, that person was still handing out pamphlets at work. What kind of pamphlets? They're like... They're like those two-page... They're not, they're not chick tracks, but there's those shitty two-page pamphlets that say, where do you? Where are you going to end up when you die? Oh, okay. We know, yeah. somehow. We know. <laughs> anyways. Anyways, it's kind of... I'm, I'm reaching an age where it's adorable. It is. It's so cute. But that when you hear a 90-year-old man who's been who's been doing this his whole life, you, yeah. t- you know, I knew that what something I said got under his skin. But he was still well, like, I mean, oh. think about his life, though. I mean, when he was in the prime of his life, when he was like 30, 35 yeah. priest going full guns, it was like 1950-something. <laughs> I don't know how old he would have been mm-hmm. um, because he's in his 90s now, right? Mm-hmm. So it was mm-hmm. like 60 years ago. There was no, there were no such things as atheists or gay people, really. There, or, yeah, there were. I know. I okay. In <laughs> they were fighting society, for their fucking rights at that. They point. were. They were thing. No, that was maybe you're naming the wrong was, time. By, wrong time period. That was the, the beginning. I'm not that old dude. That was the beginning of the 1970s. The Stonewall was 71. Riots. Stonewall was 71. Okay, and it was mostly due to you know the hippies of the time fucking ignored them. Fucking ignored them. Also, mm-hmm. fucking ignored women's rights too. They just they weren't. That wasn't super important. Well, what they was it? Benevolently what, gave them the right to vote that should be enough so yeah. <laughs> no the hippies, the hippies were a group of men controlled by men and that's why they were so upset about the vietnam war because a bunch of men didn't want to be drafted mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i, I but, think that's a pretty legitimate reason <laughs> well yeah it is a pretty legitimate reason but they pass it off as love and, and acceptance when in truth it was like go fucking make me a sandwich and what what are civil rights <laughs> <sighs> You would have been a hippie. No, I wouldn't have. You sure? Fuck that noise. No way. I enjoy showers. <laughs> I enjoy I... showers. I enjoy being sober. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here's a gross and disgusting thing from work that has nothing to do with the residents. Here, I have co-workers who, as part of their culture, do not yeah. shower every day. Not religion. Just as their culture, they normally, regularly don't shower every day. And okay. sometimes for days on end. All right. So? And they think that merely changing their clothes is going to make the stank go away. <laughs> I am. I, wa- I will be... Can, can you help me with the boost in this room? Because we can bring this person up the bed. Sure. And they move their arms... And it smells like barfy fucking uh, <laughs> Italian sandwiches, like it, you know, Ita- oiled Italian sandwiches. Yeah, I love and barf Italian sandwiches. Floats out of their their fucking armpits, and and they and I'm like, boo, boo, boo. and they're like, oh, is it because of the poop? Yeah, sure, it's because of you're the not poop. ready for the rest of the world, are you? Because <laughs> the rest of the world, on? the rest of the world doesn't have the same stringent bathing habits that America seems to drill into well, people. Well, I'm sorry to say, but if you live here, hygiene is important, especially if you work in a nursing home. 
How is it more important here than it is in a third world country where diseases go jumping all over the place? Because cleanliness is it's like Next paramount to... to working in healthcare. <laughs> oh well, no, in healthcare, yeah, that makes sense. You can't, you can't, no. And plus, you're in, you're in customer. It is customer service. You are dealing with the public. You're dealing with people who live in a nur- in, in a nursing home and rehab center. Yeah, you can't, that's true. you can't be like, oh, I have barfy armpits, but it's a part of my culture. <laughs> I, have if, barf- I will die for my barfy armpits. Pits. Uh, there are a couple of people who have who have said, "Oh no, I don't have to. It's a part of my culture." Well, I'm sorry to say, but our our our, our fucking handbook says hygiene. Is, our founding you know, fathers died to prevent barfy armpits in this country, <laughs> and I'll be damned. No, no, you're trying to defend it. Nope, 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 and you're wrong. <laughs> I'm not in, trying in to defend place. it. I just yeah, don't care. I don't you, care. Anyone don't. who anyone who does something that bothers me, you defend it. I've been listening to the pa- the podcasts <laughs> over again, and every time I go through, if I tell you the fucking sky is blue. You're you're like, no, no, no not no, all the time. Not actually blue. <laughs> the sky is like, it's that way because it's like the light. Like, like if it's I, not if always I, blue. It turns colors throughout the day. How about you eat my ass? <laughs> I actually, you know what? It you know makes for though? better I, podcasting if I disagree with you. If we just agreed with know, each other constantly, it'd get boring. I li- I listen to them and I actually, I actually fondly remember sometimes what I was thinking while I was saying some of weird. the things. Weird. That's that I really said. weird. I'm like, I'm like, oh my god! I even remember being totally pissed at Jason when I when he was fucking saying I was actually mad at him. I yeah. think this was like the, like maybe the the first like ten. Fifth, I would say the first ten to twenty podcast. Yeah, and and I was like, I was like, okay, before one of the shows, I was like, Jason, I have <laughs> to be able to get a word in edgewise, otherwise like, I'm not having you. any fun. <laughs> You did no. There was an episode, a literal episode, where I'm like, where I'm like, uh, 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 and I'm like, I need to tell this story still, you know. And you're like, not happening. (laughs) And I was, I could remember actually feeling enraged, like deep down in my stomach. I was like, oh my god, I'm feeling it all over again. Like, why isn't that the purpose of the podcast? Yeah, why? Wait a minute. Why were you still angry about something that we course corrected for a long time ago? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, I, I felt it all over again. Like, uh, like it was okay. happening again. I don't. Well, I don't know. You want to start a show? Days. Sure. <laughs> okay. Wait, what was that last thing you said? Nothing. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Let Me Finish Two Men, One Story, One Million Interruptions. I am Jason Harding. And I am Atticus Blake. And on this show, it's fairly simple. Atticus has 30 minutes to tell a story, and I have 30 minutes to prevent him from doing so. If at any time you hear this sound, <coughs> that means that Atticus has run out of time and I have one. However, if you don't hear that sound, that means he is one. Atticus, no one sent us any stories. No, they didn't. But so I'm, you, I'm still, I'm hopeful. Aren't you hopeful? I am, too. I'm hopeful, too. But until we get them, we're going to keep reading interviews about Trump. And this time, what are we reading, Steve? Uh, oh, I called you Steve. Shit. That's, that's okay. That's how tired I am. Stormy Daniels' explosive full interview on Donald I Trump feel affair. like shit. I can describe his junk perfectly, exclusive with In Touch magazine. Oh my god, that is the end. That is actually the, the headline. <laughs> yup. <laughs> Holy shit. 
Okay, yeah, we're gonna keep doing this until you send us a story. God damn it! I don't care. This you can is go fun. To the- Last <laughs> week was a lot of fun. I felt dirty. I, you know who should ring the bell today? No, I think Donald Trump should ring no. the bell. No. Okay, so here's the deal, guys. Go to the Let Me Listen podcast website. Go to the contact page and leave it for us there, or contact me, and so that you can send it to me in its original format if that's what you want to do. And fine. Yeah, hey, make- hey, Donald, come out, come out of your cave. Yes. What is it? Okay. Okay. Uh, do you have a mouse in your pocket? Um, not right now. Um, I've run out of mice. I'm having some mice delivered. So oh, right now okay. I have this squishy ball. It's the best squishy ball. It's called Trump Squishy Ball. It's fabulous. Okay, I, I got, I, you I can got, buy I them got, at any wait, wait, gas station. Yes. I have a kitten. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. All right, you okay, want me to now. crush it now? I, I, oh, God. He actually did it. Yeah. Ugh. I did it slowly. I learned I, that technique. I, you know, I wanted from to the prove CIA. to Jason and Atticus that you weren't as bad a man as he, they think you are. No, I'm and much worse. Here you are. That that kitty is dead. Now watch this. I'm going what? to lick its private parts. Oh, oh God! I cheat. That's animal cruelty. Oh God! Just, it's only okay. cruel if it were alive. It's very oh, dead. So President Trump, can you it's please just dead. throw the cat at the bell? Oh, very well. Uh, it. I didn't make it. Mew. I have very weak arms and small hands. Just saying. Okay, I'm gonna throw it again. Uh, no. Mew. Nope, I'm sorry. This bell, it's its not my fault. The bell is too far away. This cat is too heavy. Oh, God. All right, fine. Uh, you want to see what a real dick looks like? All right. Badinga. Please don't make him a character, please. <laughs> I'd bring back Pooh Bear if I could. And Until he's no longer president. Christopher Robin. Did you see the... Oh, did you see the trailer for that? It looks good. Yeah, it does. Made me cry my fucking eyes out. <laughs> Let's not... Oh, oh, well. I mean, we could bring back Pooh Bear if you don't want to do Donald Trump. No, no. Well, he Donald Trump's not in this interview. No, no, no. What I'm saying is to ring the bell. Oh, maybe. All right. I'm or the interviewer this time. we could bring back time. your oldest friend ever that you hated immediately after <laughs> asking him to be here. Atticus is going to read Stormy Daniels. I will be the interviewer who is uh, not named, I don't think. Okay. Anyway, this is uh, a porn star. Let me read the top. Yeah. Oh, you want to read the top tagline? Go ahead. Yeah, top tagline. Porn star, porn star Stormy Daniels confirmed she had an affair with Donald Trump in an exclusive 2011 interview with In Touch. Five years before she was reportedly paid $130,000 by the president to stay silent about the fling. Here is the full scan transcript of that interview conducted by former Bauer publishing reporter Jordy Lippy McGraw. <laughs> Subsequent to the interview, Ms. Daniels took and passed a polygraph test, which proves nothing. They're bullshit. Mm. The account of her affair was corroborated by one of her good friends and supported by her ex-husband, both of whom also passed polygraph tests. More bullshit doesn't mean anything. This interview has been lightly edited for clarity and style. 2011? Not surprising. That was seven years ago. He was married to his present wife, wasn't he? No, no, no. This is, this is, this interview, let's see. I know, it's seven years old, but what I'm saying is he was married while he was doing this shit. Oh yeah, Baron had just been born, and I guess she was all stretched out, and he didn't want any of that. Ugh. I don't want anything that has had something larger than me pass through it, so that includes women who use tampons. (laughs) Oh my god, 
Oh, wow. Okay. It, it's a small bronze, a small bronze gherkin. Gherkins are a delicacy in Asia. I believe it's my turn. All right. Sorry. <clears throat> when was the first time you met Donald Trump? Um, it was a golf charity tournament in Lake Tahoe. I guess he was there to play golf. <laughs> And I was there because the company I worked for was doing an appearance in the gift room. The first time I met him was actually out on the course. They brought us out to ride, and he said he would eat my grass. No, I'm sorry. Stop it! (laughs) They brought us out to ride, and he kept looking at me, and we were introduced. He he, He was introduced to everybody. He kept looking at me, and we ended up riding to another hall. (laughs) on the same golf cart together and he's like I want to come talk to you later later when he was coming to the gift room he came to talk to me and asked for my number and I gave it to him then he asked me if I wanted to have dinner that night and I was like yeah of course (laughs) who would pass up an opportunity to talk to someone so interesting I wasn't trying to date him or anything like that I just wanted to suck the money out of his wallet I'm sorry it was more of a business move on your end oh of course Whether you're a fan of his or not, which I never really was, you got to admit, he's pretty fascinating. That's one of the best things about my job. I've had the opportunity to really talk to and meet some really fascinating and weird people. So I said, yeah, of course. He invited me. He told me to come up and meet him in his room. He told me to meet him in his room number and whatnot. And this is really what it says. Mm -hmm. I can't can't remember the room number. Why would you? (laughs) But I... But I do know that it was in the penthouse or at the top of Haraz. 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 Whatever. I don't speak words. What happened next? So I went up to the room, and I was met outside by his bodyguard, Keith. I remember his name. I'm Keith. (laughs) Who I met every time I saw him. Keith was always with him. This is how I got in touch with him. I never had Donald's cell phone number. I always used Keith's. I went up to the room, and he said, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's waiting for you inside. (laughs) <laughs> I went I went in and I was well dressed up. I was all dressed up and I had just assumed that we were going to dinner, but he meant to have dinner in his room. Like he wasn't dressed to go out at all, just lounging. I remember taking a jab at him. I remember saying because he was all sprawled out on the couch, on the couch watching television or something, he was just wearing pajama pants. They were like they were like Tom Brady pajama oh, pants. Stop it. Because, you know, Tom Brady loves him. He thinks he's amazing. You know that Atticus no longer likes Tom Brady. If you go off script, we will be here fucking forever. (laughs) I know. She talks for a long ass time. Well, we got to be funny, too. I know. And I was like, huh, does Mr. Hefner know that that you stole his outfit? Huh. I was actually really mean to him. He got all huffy and tried to play it off. It was like, oh, I just thought, oh, this is you. Oh, I just thought we would relax here. We ended up waiting, having dinner in the room. I cannot remember what we ordered. I remember that I had the... (laughs) Jesus, my eyes hurt. (laughs) I remember what I had the second time I had dinner with him, but I can't remember what we had. (laughs) What? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I know that neither of us had any alcohol, though. I don't drink when I'm working. I barely drink anyway, like ever. Anytime, (laughs) any... Anytime I've been photographed with a glass of champagne in my hand, it's really Red Bull. Because uh, that's so much better for you. He didn't have any alcohol either. I, I've never seen him drink. Maybe he doesn't. I'm not sure. Which is funny, because he has a vodka brand. I, I remember actually saying, aren't you going to drink your vodka at a different party? So, yeah, I don't think he drinks. <laughs> oh, I know how you felt last week. Uh-huh. 
I'm not going. even through the second paragraph, guys. We hung out for a while. We talked. He asked me a lot of questions about my business. You know, the business I work in and how it works and how it functions. All like technical questions. He was very curious. Not necessarily about, about the sex or anything like that, but questions. He kept showing me he was, he was on the cover of a magazine that had just come out and some sort of money magazine. I wish, I wish I could remember which one it was. Boy, you remember a lot about this. But he had it in the room. But he had it in the room and he kept showing it to me and was like, dude, I know who you are. And he was trying to sell me, I guess. The first time I met him, the first couple of hours, he was very full of himself, like he was trying to impress me or something. But I do remember he just kept talking about his magazine that he was on the cover of. Like, look at this magazine. Don't I look great on this cover? Look at this magazine. Don't I look great on the cover? Of course I do. I look great on every magazine. Tattoo magazine. You know, Butter and Dog magazine. That's not a real <laughs> magazine, but I'm going to make it. It's going to be great. It'll be fantastic. It'll be dogs with sticks of butter right up their poop hole. I'm going to make it. It's going to be called Trump's Butter and Dog magazine. It'll be a that's, million that's dollars. What he, that's what he did to me on <laughs> film. Your so question. this is all conversation while you're eating? Yeah, like before, during, and after. We hung out for quite a while, a few hours at least. I remember it was definitely daylight when I went out there. <laughs> it was er- it was like early evening. I remember walking away from my hotel to his hotel. And this is the same day the first time you met? Yeah, it was definitely dark when I left. And it was only the two of you. <laughs> yeah. And it was only the two of you in the room. The bodyguard stayed outside? Yeah, no one else ever came in. He stood outside. We were talking about all sorts of things, and I remember he asked me, I got to ask you a question, and I don't want you to get offended. And I was like, trust me, you you can't. Is it still you? (laughs) I was expecting some sort of vulgar question. It wasn't. It was bothering. It was something about how much money I make off the royalties of something. And then I remember saying to him, okay, well, I have a question for you, and it is offensive. I asked him about his hair. I was like, dude, what's up with that? And he laughed and said, You know, everybody wants to give me a makeover, and I've been offered all this money and all these free treatments. And I was like, what's the deal? Don't you just want to upgrade that? Come on, man. He said he said that he thought that if he cut his hair or changed it, that he would lose his power and wealth. And I laughed hysterically at him. What did he say? Ugh. <sighs> He took it pretty well. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. my wife. Yeah, my wife even did my son's hair like that as a joke. I was like, yes, speaking of your wife. Did he mention her at all? I mentioned her. I was like, yeah, what about your wife? He goes, oh, don't worry about her. Quickly, quickly change the subject. That's all he said about her? Yep. And then he goes, I might be out of order with the question because it was so long ago. But he was like, you know what? You're really smart. You're not dumb. And I, and I was like, thanks. Di- oh, what does that mean? And he goes, you should be on. And I was like, really? No, I don't think so. And he just kept t- thinking. And, I j- and he just kept thinking about it. That's what it says. And he just kept thinking about it. I could see his little wheels turning. He goes, No, it would be really, really good for you. People would think you're just this idiot with blonde hair and big boobs. You would be perfect for it because you're such a smart businesswoman. You write and you direct and you produce. And obviously you're hot and you're beautiful. And I was like, well, it's never going to happen. NBC is never going to let a porn star on. And he was like, I can make it happen. And I was like, you can't. I dare you to. I was totally egging him on. Uh, I need to rub my eyes. Uh, Okay. 
And that was kind of like the thing. He was like, "No, we have to, we have to work on this for you." And that was and that was sort of what he tried to bait me with for an entire year. And he was like, "We have to get together to talk about your appearance on." But he but he was curious. I think when it hit him in the moment, he was like, "Yeah, this is this is going to be really good." And it could have, of course, it would have been sensational. He just kept pushing for it, pushing for it. And he was like, would you do it? And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to waste my energy on thinking about it. But if you actually have the power to make it happen, then I'll do it. So this was all during the dinner? Yeah, during, after, and definitely the biggest, longest topic of conversation. How he could get me on. And it was his idea. Oh, yeah, 100%. It didn't even occur to me before. Honestly, I have never watched the show. <laughs> and I still haven't watched the show. I travel too much and I watch I watch too I watch a lot of TV. I had to use the bathroom and I went to use the restroom which was in the bedroom. Like I said, it was big a big suite. <sighs> I could describe the suite perfectly. Can you? You can't remember shit about anything uh-huh. else. <sighs> when I came out, he was sitting on the bed and he was like, "Come here." And I was like, ugh, here we go. And we started kissing. Why? Like, you're ugh, here we go. Why not just fucking walk away? (laughs) Well, she says something right after. (laughs) I actually don't even know why I did it, but I do remember even while we were having sex, I was like, please don't try to pay me. And I remember thinking, I bet if he did, it would be a lot. This is what you were thinking during sex. Yeah, isn't that horrible? But I remember thinking, I hope he doesn't think I'm a hooker. Not that I have anything against hookers. I just just personally have never done it. Still, I have no idea why I did it. Honestly, I really don't. Were you attracted to him? Would you be? I was more like (laughs) fascinated. I was definitely stimulated. He had a really good banter. Good conversation for a couple of hours. I could tell he was nice, intelligent in conversation. Did you think the conversation would have led to what happened? Yeah. Going to the bathroom, did you think you were going to come out and encounter that? That he was going to be in bed? No, I just had to pee. So anyway, the sex was nothing crazy. He wasn't like, chain me to the bed or anything. It was just one position. I can definitely describe his junk perfectly if I ever have to. He definitely seemed smitten after that. He was like, I want to see you again. Where can I, when can I see you again? Did he initiate or did you? Here's the weird thing. He had one of my DVDs and he asked me to sign it for him and I did. He had it on him. Yeah. I don't know if he, if he sent someone else out to get it. I, I take that back. He probably got it in the gift room. What? A porno DVD in the gift room at a golf club. Yep. Okay. It was probably in one of his gift bags and he pit that he picked up because we were giving we were giving them out. Oh, okay. All right. I remember it was and I remember I signed it to him. Was that before or after? After. We were still in the bedroom. We hung out for a little while and he just kept saying, "I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you. I have to see you again. You're amazing. We have to get you on." I ended up leaving, and the next night I saw him again at a party. It was in the downstairs of the hotel, and uh, in the hotel I was in, and he was hanging out with Ben Roslisberger. Oh my god! Oh, Who's, who is that? That's the quarterback of the. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I don't care. I don't care. Anyway. When I got there, he was already with him. He had Keith, his bodyguard, call me and ask if I was coming. 
When I got there, I called Keith and he told me where he was sitting and he brought me over. And he was hanging out with Ben for a long time. A couple of other people around. Nobody famous. Mostly people trying to hang on to them. Ben had just won the Super Bowl. Donald excused himself. He had to leave. I don't remember why. And he made Ben promise to take care of me. Ooh. Ooh. I stayed for another 15 to 20 minutes, and Ben Roethlisberger actually walked up to my walked me up to my room that way because Donald told him to. Yeah, he walked me all the way to my hotel room. After you two slept together, did he say anything like, don't tell anyone, or anything along those lines? No, he, he didn't seem worried about it. He was kind of arrogant. It did occur to me, that's a really stupid move on your part. And it's not like I went around and told anybody, no. No one ever really knew. Did you use protection? No. You're an idiot. <laughs> Sorry. Why? What was the what was the con- what was that conversation or was the was it kind of in the moment? <clears throat> it was kind of in the moment. And I was really kind of upset because about upset about it because I'm so like careful. Well obviously not. The company I work for is condom only, but I remember for a fact that we didn't because I'm allergic to latex. Okay. Oh, Come on. Some the company is Okay, no no no. The company that she works for is condom only. What is she using? Lambskin? Yeah. Yeah, I won't protect you from shit. <laughs> anyway. And I didn't go up there with condoms on me. I know that for a fact because ninety nine percent of men don't carry non latex condoms on them. So I usually always have one in, in my backpack. But I thought I was going to dinner, so I only had a tiny cocktail purse. Was the sex romantic? It was textbook generic. It was like, oh my god, I love you. It wasn't. wasn't like... (laughs) You said it was. (laughs) Oh. It wasn't like, oh my god, I love you, or anything. He wasn't like Fabio or anything. (laughs) How how does she know what Fabio has? I bet you anything Fabio is a boring fucker. Uh Uh-huh. He wasn't like trying to have porn sex. Did he say anything to you during? Nothing freaky like, oh yeah, that feels good. That's amazing, you know. It was it was one of one position what you would expect someone his age to do. It wasn't bad. Don't don't get me wrong. The next night, Ben walked you up to your room. Walked to my room and then I left the next day. Didn't expect anything. Then sure enough, he called me. He always called me from a blocked number. He gave he gave me, of course, I had Keith his bodyguard's number. You've said that a few times. It's okay. We understand. He gave me his secure his secretary's number, Rona, which is his direct office line. Anytime I needed to get a hold of him, he always took my call or called me back within ten minutes if he was on another call or wasn't there. I think I think she would call him and he would call back on his cell if he wasn't in his office. The number was always blocked. He called me about every ten days. He always called me Honey Bunch. He's like, How's it going, Honey Bunch? He always started the conversation off. I think it was always his excuse to call. I just read about you in such and such, and there's a quote about you in the magazine. I turned on on my channel in my hotel room, and guess whose face popped up? Just like anyone, anytime, just like anytime he saw or read about me somewhere. I was super busy at the time. I've taken a year off because I had a baby. But I was everywhere at the time. Was it his baby? No. Oh, I hope not. That was, that's when I did and was doing red carpets. So there was pictures of me, like, all the time. Oh, God. This is giving me indigestion. <laughs> that was always sort of his excuse to call. Hey, how did, how did you know you were on such and such? We need to get together to talk about your thing. Did you promise that? Yeah, absolutely. He told me that he got a wild card choice. 
that he could push one person through it, Will. And he said it was going to be you. <laughs> Absolutely. 100% he promised me. And then I was talking about how I was going to be moving to Tampa at the time. And he told me he was going to be give, going to give me a condo there because they were building a Trump Tower there, which I don't think that they ever finished unless they finished it in the last two years since I moved back from Tampa. I was like, you are not going to give me a condo. Anytime I called, he would call. It was funny if, like, my assistant or my boyfriend, who is now my ex-husband, he he was my boyfriend at the time, was with me. I would always have him on speakerphone. I mean, it's Donald Trump. Were you with your boyfriend when you slept with Donald Trump? Yeah. Did he know about the situation? He didn't know that detail, but he knew everything else. He called me all the time. Sometimes he would be in L.A. and he would call me and be like... That's not me. That's her boyfriend. Oh, hey, can you come and meet me? And I wasn't in L.A. I traveled a lot. And he was like, if you're ever... No, if you're ever in New no, York, that's, that's right. you. If you're ever in New York. I ended up being in New York. I was dancing at Gallagher's in uh, 2000. And he insisted that I come and see him at his office. So me and my assistant went. He straight went straight up to the office. He saw us right in. I've been in his personal office, like at the top of his tower in Manhattan. When was this? It was winter. <sighs> it was winter. I would probably say like December, January-ish. I could probably look it up. There's got to be some sort of old press release about me dancing at Gallagher's that winter. I also went to his Trump vodka release party. <laughs> Uh-huh. There's pictures of me on the red carpet at Le Deux Hollywood. Did he personally invite you? Yes, I think that was in January. I went in, and I could only stay like 15 to 20 minutes because I had caught, I had to catch a flight. But I did the red carpet, and I went in, and I went in, and he gave me a hug and a kiss in front of everybody. Keith once again took me straight up to the VIP area. He asked me if I could stay, but I really couldn't. I had to go somewhere. He also invited me up to the, the Miss USA pageant. <clears throat> he left tickets for me and for my assistant at Will Call. And we went. I didn't get to really talk to him much because there were people going to... Oh, my God. This is like reading mush. I'm sorry. It's hurting my brain. <sighs> I read, read Trump all last week. You can do this. She's at least coherent. No, she's not. She's she's fucking is they're perfect. They're a match made in hell. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Okay, I get that she is more innocent than him, uh-huh. but that does not excuse just how fucking dumb she is. I'm sorry. I didn't really get to talk to him much because there were people wanting to talk to him, and I didn't get to want to be that girl. So I waved and said thank you for the tickets. During these periods of time when you were invited to these events in between, was he calling you? Oh, yeah, at least three times a month. Was there any mention of hooking up again? Yeah. When can I see you? I need to see you again. He was never like, let's Let's fuck. 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 (laughs) (laughs) He was never like, let's fuck. But come on. It was insinuated. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. If a guy calls you up and says, When do I get to see you again? I had such a nice time last time. It was so amazing. When we can, can we get together again? What do you think that means? At these events, was his wife there? I've never seen her. I've never seen her in person, ever. Then the next time I saw him was at the end of July, and he called me and asked me if I could meet him at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And I went. My boyfriend drove me. Keith came out and met me at my truck. This poor Keith. You yep. know what? I feel bad for her through this whole thing? Keith. <laughs> Seriously. Keith is the victim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that should be the name of the episode. <laughs> uh. Keith came out and met me at my truck and he walked me in. He had a private bungalow out back, which is cool because I'd never seen, I'd never been there. 
<laughs> been. I've never been there. And I've never <laughs> been there. Because I'd never been there, and I haven't been there since. They have these, like, individual cottages there. Cool. They're pretty nice. I went there. We had dinner once again in his room. I had a swordfish that time. Once again, no alcohol. The strangest thing about that night, this was the best thing ever. You could see the television from the little dining room table. He was watching Shark Week. And he was watching a special about the USS something, and it sank. And oh, it was God. like the worst shark attack in history. He was obsessed with sharks, terrified of sharks. He was like, I donate to all of these charities, and I would never donate to any charity that helps sharks. I hope all the sharks... <laughs> <laughs> say it, say it. I can't. I'm going to try it again. I've got to run up onto it, okay? I donate to all these charities, and I would never donate to any charity that helps sharks. I hope all the sharks die. <laughs> he was, like, riveted. So fucking infant. <laughs> he was, like, obsessed. It was so strange, I know. So it was. it's just you and him in the bungalow. Yeah, but isn't that weird? So strange. So we finished our dinner, and we moved to the sofa so he could get a better view of Shark Week. (laughs) That's when he broke the news to me that it almost went through, but there's somebody that had a problem and got it vetoed and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I told you you couldn't make it happen. I was pretty annoyed. He kept rubbing my leg and was like, You know, you're so beautiful. I love your little nose. It's it's like a little beat. I go, did you say beat? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I started giving him a hard time about it. And he goes, no, no, no. It's majestic. It's very, it's a very smart nose, like an eagle. I was like, just keep digging, dude. Keep digging that hole. Like I said, we had this banter. I was like, kind of mean to him. He just kept brushing my hair off my shoulder and kissing my neck. And he was like, so can you stay? And I was like, no, gotta go. I left. Keith walked me back to my car. <laughs> you know he's terrified of sharks, right? Now I found that out. I, I found that out. He and wants them all to die. The other Give day I gun. actually bought a shark, like shark plushie, and left it in his bed. And he screamed <laughs> like a little girl and ran out in a towel. Who did this? <laughs> I'll never be able to sleep Jesus. in a bed again. <laughs> <laughs> Keith walked me back to my car. (laughs) I need need to conjure Keith out of nothing. (laughs) We need to interview Keith. Keith. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was in there probably two and a half hours. I left, and he kept talking to me less and less over the coming months. I do remember it it was, whatever reason, Tito Ortiz was on. And I guess Jenna was on one of the episodes... Just with Tito, and he called me, and I didn't watch the show. I had no idea that Tito was on it, much less Jenna. I think he was afraid of go- I was going to be pissed, so he called me, and he was like, Did you see Jenna Jameson on my show? I didn't know she was going to be on. That's bullshit. She made a fool of herself. He said, She's a bimbo. You're much, you're much, so much better. I was like, I don't even know about it. I just thought that was really funny. Don't care. Totally over it. Prior to Beverly Hills meeting, when you would see him at different events, would he try to hook up with you or did he kiss you? No, he he kissed me. Like, hello at the Trump vodka release party at Ladeau. 
He would ask, you know... Do you have to leave? Can you hang out? He would ask to you to stay, but you had to go? Yeah. And then, like I said, he called me a few times after that, and I was always like, if you ever need anything, let me know. Oh, no, that's you. I'm sorry. No. And it was like... If you ever need anything, let me know. He told me if I ever need anything around a round of golf and any of its places to call him. I think I would... I think he would have absolutely done that for me. I don't know if anyone who played golf at the time... I, I didn't... I don't... Uh, uh, you're so much better at this than I am, Jason. <laughs> I don't know if anyone who played golf at the time... We should we should actually practice this at some, other ones at some point and then see how good it gets. I, yeah. I don't know. Okay. This might just not be let, let me finish anymore. It'll just be the transcript show. <laughs> if someone doesn't send him a story soon... I don't know anyone who played golf at the time, and I don't play golf, so I never called in that favor. Did he send you any other presents? Nope, and I never asked. Like I said, he always called from a blocked number. <laughs> and for and for the last year and a half, I honestly don't know if he's called me or not, because when I got pregnant with my daughter, I completely stopped taking calls that I didn't know. My fans didn't know I had a baby. I left L.A., and I lived in Vegas, and so basically hit out. I just really stopped taking calls from blocked numbers, numbers that I didn't know. I even stopped answering people that I didn't know, like other celebrities that I'm friends with, that I would just want to hang out with or go out with in Hollywood. When was that? About a year and a half ago. Was that your last interaction with him? Yep. What was the final conversation? The Jenna Jameson thing? No, I never talked to him after that. Well, yes, that would be the final conversation. Yeah. Nitwit. She said, no, I talked to him after that. Oh, I thought, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, it's see? okay. No, I talked to him after that. It was just, hey, how is it? <laughs> hey, Sorry. how is it going? It was always a shock to answer a number you expected to be a survey or a bill collector, and it's Donald fucking Trump. <laughs> it was always a blocked number, unknown ID. It's always how it came up. How's it going, honey bunch? And I was like, oh my God, Donald Trump is calling me. I just wanted to see how you were doing. Uh, that's it. I didn't. <laughs> I don't know if he'd be scrolling through his phone. The last time you saw him was at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Yeah. When was your last conversation with him? Oh, I don't have the date. It was about a year and a half ago. It was around the time I was just finishing up that whole Senate thing because I was called and I was like, I was and because he called and was like, Hey, I just saw you on CNN or Fox or something. You look great. I love how you gave it to him or give it to him. How do you feel about all this? The broken promises. What was your take? I don't really know. I don't. Have have any animosity or whatever do you feel like a fool for believing him about it no i wasn't going around telling everybody oh my god i'm going to be on it's not like i bought into it 100 percent. i was challenging him to make it happen if i figured my shot was 50 50 even though he swore up and down it was 100 percent. it's not just him i never really i never really get my hopes up on any big stuff like that did you tell anyone at the time what happened a couple of people. My assistant, my boyfriend, my friend Randy, the owner of the company I work for, they were excited about the prospect of. What? That's, yeah. Uh, okay. Would you have a message for him or his wife at all? I don't know. Karma will always bite you in the ass. You know, he's married. So how do you feel about engaging with someone who is cheating on their wife? <laughs> Sorry, I'm I needed a hit of meth. <laughs> At the time, I didn't think much about it. But now that I have a baby that's the same age as his was at the time, I'm like, wow, what a dick. Do you feel bad? If she ever confronted you, what would you say? Yeah, I feel bad. It didn't occur to me at the time. Why come forward with the story now? 
It's not something I did come. It's not something I did come forward with. My friend called me and was like, "Hey, so I was having a conversation with somebody, and they mentioned, and it's true. Is it true?" And I was like, "Yeah, well over a year, I talk to him all the time." And she was like, "You know, he thinks really lowly of girls who." She said some stuff about somebody else. I have no idea who. It was derogatory. No, it wasn't. And it makes me more more mad than anything. What do you mean? That, you know, it's okay to be friends with someone who works in the adult entertainment business in private, but publicly. You're going to bash the industry or the people who work for it. Well, I, I do agree with you on this, sweetie. Yep. It was a story that was off the record, so I don't even know if you know that I'm what I'm talking about. I guess some other chick said something, and she's not a porn star. She's no one famous. I don't know who she is. And he like, and he like, didn't just go. No, that didn't happen. He went on some tirade about how he would never be associated with someone. Blah blah blah. But I clearly do a lot, a lot more than just pose for. What? That's where it stops. Uh. So So that just makes me wonder if he's flat out lying the whole time. I didn't have any unrealistic expectations of actually getting on the show. I figured my chances were 50-50. I did believe that he was shy, so now I wonder if the whole thing was a fucking lie. Just to impress you to try to sleep with you? Yeah, and I guess it worked. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? I don't think so. Like I said, if his wife and I found out... If if I was his wife and I found out that my husband stuck his dick in a hundred girls... I would be less mad about that than the fact that he went to dinner and had, like, this ongoing relationship. That is what an ongoing... That is... That it was an ongoing thing, not just a one-night thing. Right. And he never mentioned her at all. Nope. And he didn't make it seem like she was okay with it. He just said, don't worry about it. Yep. He bragged about his daughter quite a bit, though. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) He was very proud of her, which is nice. He told me once that I was someone to be reckoned with. Beautiful and smart, just like his daughter. She is smart and beautiful, so I guess that's a compliment. But as far as family, that's all I've ever said. He's definitely proud of her, as he should be. Did he mention sleeping with anybody else? His daughter. That's not what it says. That's not Uh, what it says. (laughs) Uh, No. Uh, What are you up to in terms of your career? I'm doing great. I just had a baby. The whole time I was pregnant, I continued writing and directing. I directed all last year, still directing for Wicked. Oh, that's right. (laughs) I have an indefinite contract with them. It's going really well. We just started a new line of Wicked Passions. I'm sort of director for that. I go back to shooting next month, same thing. Everything's doing really well. No one knows I was gone. I timed it perfectly. I did two years of movies in one year so that the company I work for could keep releasing my movies on a regular basis so there wasn't, like, a gap. If you were approached with the opportunity now, would you take it? I would have to think about it. Just because now that I have a daughter, I don't know if I want to be in New York. You know what I mean? But in the end, yes, probably I'd figure a way to make it work. If you pursued you again or you ran into him, would you sleep with him again? Mm, No. Why? Because I'm with someone now that I feel differently about. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
That's the Excuse end. Excuse me, I have to interrupt this interview just for a second. Uh, she met. She she forgot to mention that I was outstanding in bed. I lasted a full twenty five seconds. I I still maintain that those twenty five seconds that that the stopwatch was broken. That actually that twenty five seconds was more like an hour and a half. You say twenty five seconds. I say an hour and a half. Also, I would like to say that she's completely in love with me and um she tried to use me for my money what, what do you say to that mr interview you're the one who's doing it what <laughs> you have to ask yourself no you no you're the interviewer now oh i am Excuse yeah me. hold on um okay make this clear you have a wrinkly tiny dick and i have had so many hot dogs thrown on, down my hallway <laughs> that you mean nothing do you understand that no, I'm, I'm obviously important because you just did this interview. I'm sure with money, I'm sure it'll be a 100. Everyone will listen because because I'm. everyone knows that it's going to be nothing but lies. Nothing but lies. Okay, so you about the videotape that or- you showed me of your daughter showering... Me with urine? Yes. So you promise not to say that? <laughs> you promise not to show anybody that? I had made a very special table just for my daughter and for me. You do realize that you mean nothing, right? No, I'm I'm the love of your life. You dream about me when, when you're asleep. You almost named your daughter Donna Donaletta. <laughs> No. You did? Don't did don't not. do the don't try to crush my ego. Nothing can crush it. Doctors have tried to kill it. The Russian mafia tried to assassinate it. Nothing can kill my ego. Nothing, not even God. There's only going to be one thing left in the universe after it <laughs> after heat death, and it's going to be my ego. That's scientifically proven. You can ask Stephen Hawking. He killed himself after he realized it. That's how he died. <laughs> You just said a whole bunch of words that are making me really horny. Very well, let's go into the closet. I'll start the timer. <laughs> Whoop! Well, I I did it already, and I'm sorry. That's that. See now, you now there's video evidence of it. <sighs> Bye, Donald. All right. Well, oh, Shark Week. Okay, thank you, Addie, for the wonderful interview. Uh, you're welcome, I guess. And do you guys want this to become the Trump show? Then I suggest you start writing them stories and sending them to us. Mm-hmm. Go to the Let Me Listen podcast website, go to the contact page, leave them for the air, or email me, or go to that contact page, send me a message, and we'll figure out how to get it. It's my and pinky. It was a teeny, teeny little weenie. It's like the tip of the pinky. It's like a tinky. He didn't <laughs> even get it, Ann. <laughs> Are you still obsessing about that? Mm-hmm. Okay, don't think about it. Well, when Donald Trump basically dry humps you, you never forget something like that. <laughs> he just sort of he sort of like it. flopped his naked body between my thighs and didn't and like rubbed this weird little like I, I it was it was like like yeah. that and then and then all of a sudden I was covered in his juice. Well, yeah, all three drops of it. Barren juice and Okay, we're done. For the for let me sitting, let me sitting, let me sing, let me sitting. Oh, Jason, <laughs> you never make mistakes like this on your I other shows. I am exhausted. No, I do all the time. You don't listen to the other show. Yes, I do. I listen to Ensign's Log. Did you listen to the late sitting where I opened the show by saying our introduction twice? <laughs> Which episode was that? <laughs> it's wrong with a late seating. On this show, it's fairly simple. Steve has... Oh, never mind. <laughs>
<sighs> I do it when I'm tired. When I'm in pain. My back hurts and I'm in pain. Fix that. I'll try. Anyway. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening in. Uh, for Let Me Finish, this is but Jason Harding. Shoot, shoot, shoot on her first and then ask questions later. <sighs> And that was out of I watched. It was awful. <laughs> Jesus. I should be president. No, Jeff. No, oh, you yeah. shouldn't. Who do you think would be a better president, him or me? You. Because I'm imaginary. Bye, That's guys. right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> All right. In three, two, one. The Lemmy Finish podcast is a Lemmy Listen podcast production with Atticus Blake and Jason Harding. With music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Let Me Listen podcasts at our website at www.letmelistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, and iTunes. Please like and leave a review. And thank you for listening. <laughs>